that's not good. Oh, it is good. It said system audio unmuted. I thought it said muted. And we're live. Hello. He said we said podcast. Matt and Dara here. <gasps> Day 31 of the chosen devotional, 40 days with Jesus. Uh, and we're gonna so we're gonna do this today. We're just doing it live today in the middle of the afternoon. We thought good time to do it. Let's do another live devotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we're going to talk about some cool stuff. But as always, uh, we're not affiliated with The Chosen. We just love the series. And uh, we think that you will too. If you want to get a, a beautiful portrayal of the people that Jesus chose to walk with them, uh, check it out. Download The Chosen app. This is The Chosen devotional. We're also giving this away at the end of the month. We're giving this one away as well as book two. There will be two lucky winners. So go to 633.today forward slash chosen. That's the numbers 633.today forward slash chosen and uh, enter to win right now. And last but not least, if you need a Bible, we're passionate about helping people know Jesus. So we'd like to help you know Jesus. So if you need a Bible, um, you can send an email to support at jesusway.xyz or if you're watching on one of our social media channels, drop me a DM. Uh, We'll be happy to uh, send one to you. Just give us your name, address, and phone number and we'll put it in Amazon to ship it to you. No, we won't spam you uh, or do anything crappy and gross like that. No. Anything else? I think that's everything. Then we're about to get into the fun stuff. So today, here's how this works. Uh, works seems does every other day. Uh, we're going to read. There's like two pages, two and a half pages uh, that we're going to read um, through in this devotional. And then uh, we just like wrestle with the questions at the end. We we went through this together and we thought, you know what? These are cool conversations. Bet other people would dig them too. So we said, hey, let's just, let's just record it and put it on the internet. And then other people can do the devotional on their own uh, and see if they like it. Um, so a couple things. When we pray, uh, you can pray with your eyes open. God still hears you. Uh, so if you're driving, you don't have to close your eyes. Please don't close your eyes. Um, also, at the end, there's a couple questions, three of them that we dialogue about. Uh, if you want, you can pause it after that. Not all live, obviously, but afterwards. Um, if you want to like take some time to wrestle with questions on your own when we're not sitting here talking about it, uh, feel free to do that. But without oh and last but not least uh facebook sometimes sucks so if you're leaving comments we can't always see them in the little comments and reactions section uh please don't hate us for not answering your comments um thank you for commenting yeah thanks we appreciate you all right so uh let's dig in today is we're we're talking about power it's my day to read uh, so it starts with a verse from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21 in the NIV. It says, Christ is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Nicodemus and his Sanhedrin colleagues were the political and religious rule makers and enforcers of their day. They doled out a dizzying mess of statutes down in the most impossible to follow. Legalistic minutia. They were especially fond of legislating Sabbath observances, purity, and tithing laws. Of course, the Pharisees created all kinds of loopholes for themselves. They deemed the mutable oral law to be equally as binding as the written one. In other words, they could change or follow a law however and whenever they saw fit. Consequently, this group of rule makers, uh, rule maker breakers, was thought by people to be high-handed, hypocritical zealots. Their shameless arrogance provoked resentment and fear-based obedience. They were essentially fancy bullies. As far as he was concerned, Nicodemus deserved the glory he got. After all, his command of scripture, religious training, and prominence in the community, and 
the power to throw folks in jail for, say, fishing on the Sabbath, mandated it. And who would dare question him? What common man was more powerful than he? Nicodemus discovered the answers when he met Jesus. Mm. Jesus didn't look very important. He didn't adorn himself with elaborate garments, phylacteries. Look that word up. Uh, and long tassels, the way the Pharisees did. Nor did he brandish a list of credentials and demand deference. Yet, his power defied and preempted all systems of institutional hierarchy. His, being Jesus, his otherworldly authority was dispensed with compassion and grace. It was undeniable. Jesus cast out demons and did miracles, and Nicodemus was among the few men of power who knew what that meant. Jesus was sent by God. And although his presence threatened Nicodemus' position, power, and livelihood, it beckoned his heart and compelled him to risk all he had built. Jesus, he found, <clears throat> excuse me, in Jesus, he found real truth and power, not the religious invention he was part of. He found the word. It had been made flesh and was dwelling among them. The body of scripture Nicodemus had dedicated his entire life to knowing, knew him by name. He found the hope to which he'd been called, and it was powerful. Jesus is pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, so this says prayer focus, and we're going to pray real quick, and then it's got some questions we're going to dig into. So let's take a second to pray. I'm going to do it with my eyes open because I'm reading the prayer. See, I told you God's cool with your eyes being open. Repent of the times you've valued status over humility. Then ask God to bring you to your knees in gratitude and awe from the mm -hmm. fact that he's in a relationship with you. Oof, that's a, that's a good one. All right, God, we just come before you and we turn away from those times. We repent of those times that we have put our status with the world and what people think of us over our humility and being humble before you. God, we ask you to bring us to our knees in gratitude and awe. Help us to remember how amazing you are and help us to just realize how wonderful it is that you the creator of the universe wants and has a relationship with us mm -hmm. we thank you for that in jesus name amen amen all right so this is write down a time which you you can do if you prefer to start writing uh or you can think about it but it says write down a time when you felt better than someone else because of your religious status or choices or their lack thereof so when's the time that you felt like you know like you're like better than somebody if you've had those moments ever. You know I have, um, and it has to do with um, Pharisee. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. um, <laughs> they weren't going to church. They claimed to be a believer. They claimed to follow Jesus, and this person would not go to church. The the. Seahawks would be playing, and that was a reason not to go. They decided they wanted to sleep in. That was a reason not to go. It was, but yet they Same. they, yeah. they said yeah. Jesus is the center of their life. They're following God, but their commitment to his church was non-existent. Right and so there was a time where I was like, I'm I'm following God better. Ah, okay. Is kind of where I was intern I was internally feeling about that. I get that. Let's see. A time where I felt better, like thought, you know, like I'm better than you because of like my religious status or choices. I don't think I've I haven't felt that way now. Um, 
I've definitely felt like, I, you know, like so-and-so person is being a hypocrite because they post all these Jesus memes and then behind the scenes are like, you know, name-calling, treating people like crap. But back when I first, like, got my ordination and was like, okay, now I've got the credentials of men mm. to say I can teach the Word of God, then it was like one of those deals where I think I just felt like, well, when my goal was like, I want to be a lead pastor, right? And so in my mind, it was like, okay, well, boom, like you're a regular person. And then you okay. do all this Bible study and now you're like next level. And I think, that, yeah, at that time I felt like, okay, I'm a little extra holy. because Which we all know is not true in any way, shape, or form. But but yeah, so it asked when when's the time you felt that way, and that was the time I felt that way. Like and I and it it built up a lot of pride too. Um, it says, what's a rule or lifestyle choice that you've stressed is important, perhaps at the expense of a more direct and pure connection with Jesus? See where they're going here, by the way. Like what? Basically, when's the time that you put rules in front of? Maybe. I don't know if I've ever necessarily put it in front of the relationship with Jesus, but I do believe that being part of a local church body is important to have a solid walk. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's with, so And there is something that I do believe is foundational. It's not, you're, it's not that you're not saved if you don't go to church. It's not that you can't have an amazing relationship with God because he's going to meet you right where you are. You can worship him in your living room. 2020 yeah. showed that, that we don't have to physically go to church to worship or to learn from the pastors. But I very much believe... Well, yeah, but that's not a bad thing. I mean, it says no. gather together. Yeah, but, but that, this I think is asking like, is there a thing like a rule? Like, for example, like um, during Lent, you know, you're not supposed to eat whatever. I don't know what Catholics do, but they eat fish. Mm -hmm. I know during Lent, right? Or like, you know, um, the Orthodox Jews. I think it's Orthodox Jews. Like they don't eat pork, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like these are religious rules that if you break them, they think you're defying God. Like, is there anything like that? Any ritual or routine that you're like, if I don't do this ritual thing, then it's like, that's a thing that's like the mark of a believer is this ritual. I think well, that's of course, the there's no, there's no such thing. I, I don't believe that there okay. is such a thing. But I do believe that if you're not part of a church body, then you're missing out and that's and if any yeah. if there was going to be anything that i said is a rule as being a christ follower i mean he even said it's important so there, that would be the one thing is just be part of the local church body yeah i would agree i would say a, a, a thing that i believe is important is if you have the ability you you need to be in a local gathering right mm -hmm. Doesn't it doesn't have to be big. It, it might be ten people in a living room, mm -hmm. uh, watching some internet church or reading the Bible together and just talking about it. But I think that a rule or lifestyle choice that I think is important, I would agree with you, is the is gathering with other believers mm -hmm. to study the scriptures yes. and wrestle with God's word. Um, but but I would say now, no, not putting it in front of Jesus, but in the early days of being part of a beautiful like church, like there were so many good things going on there. Um, there was a point, really. I mean, my own best friend and pastor told me that I was pretty arrogant. Uh, so you arrogant? Well, I didn't. Shockingly, I didn't see it then. Wow. <laughs> Wonder why that led to a collapse into a crisis of faith. But I know that, like, for me, like, I, it was like, okay, 
youth group this, small group this. Like, mm-hmm. it became doing church instead of being oh. church. So, okay. I would say, you know, there was always this push. It's funny, I was just talking to Brad because they were, talk- they were talking about discipleship in their small group. And um, he had mentioned some of the guys in their small group had, had said something like they felt like the church was shoving discipleship down their throat. And I'm like, well, what's discipleship mean? And he's like, well, even being in the small group is discipleship. Like there's somebody teaching, like there are people learning. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that, that's a form of discipleship. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, sometimes like a church will say, if you're a Christian, this is what you will do. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a Christian, you will get spiritual gift X. If you're a Christian, you will get, you will do discipleship training. You know, you, and, and those kind of things I think can definitely get in the way of, you oh, know? absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I've experienced that. I've I've let myself be in that mindset before, but now I I don't I like I don't know, I think like God's with us all the time. So, mm-hmm. but I but I think we can very easily go, well, well, since God's with me, I don't have to go to church. I'm taking a sabbatical. I'm taking a breather. I don't need I don't need to go to church to be around Jesus. And that to me is a cop out uh and it's kind of a weak-minded um just way to live our lives it's, i think when i felt that way and did that it was because i really just didn't want to have to look at other people and know that i'm not really living a life accountable to, to being a christ follower mm-hmm. and part of being part of the body is like having, having other others to hold you accountable yeah absolutely yeah which i definitely wasn't <laughs> wasn't remotely close to doing um last question of the podcast says we rarely have to risk a lot to follow Jesus. Oh, hello, America. Right. We rarely have, we don't have to risk anything to follow Jesus in America. Uh, other than losing friends who aren't good friends. If they think that following Jesus makes us a, a jerk. Um, it says we rarely have to risk a lot to follow Jesus, but what are some things you'd have a hard time risking to follow Jesus? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. I'm going to say for me, it was n- I can't think of anything. I can make you think of things. I I mean, I, yeah, you know what? I'd have a hard time risking my children. I'd have a hard time risking you. Um, But I guess it's easy for me to say that I don't think there would be much because I don't believe God would ask me to risk those. But again, that's 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 that easy christianese answer so to speak but the truth is is like if i had to choose between you or god i love you but it's god well that's fair (laughs) that'd be a wise choice by the way yes you know that's the thing though and that's a real question that it's funny like what we were talking about in small group last night with like how many husbands go okay it says love your wife like christ of the church how many people go into marriage going with asking themselves the like the first question would i die for this woman like, whoa, what? That's a big question. But that's what Christ literally did, right? Same thing with this. It's to go, well, what are some things you'd have a hard time risking to follow Jesus? It, it The initial answer for me is like, like nothing because Jesus is great. But the reality is, right, gun to your kid's head, you know, I'm going to blow your kid's brains out if you you know say don't say that you're not a father like those are real like a things that i don't really think anyone would do thankfully because we live in america but these are things that do happen in other countries and people give up their life to say i'm not going to renounce following my god uh so i would like to say 
Well, it doesn't say what wouldn't you risk. I, I would love to say I would never have a hard time because I am passionate about following Jesus. But the reality is there was a time in my life where nobody threatened to take away anything and I just quit following him. I so. remember looking, when I first started exploring going into ministry and prayerfully entering it, hearing Jesus ask me, what if I called you to always be single? Would you still pursue me? Would you still pursue this? Oof. And my answer was yes. My answer was yes because if that's what he called me to, that was the life he set for me, then of course I would do it. And I spent two years thinking yeah. I would be celibate and single for the rest of my life because that was my cross. That was what I had to give up to follow Christ. And... I was okay with it. There was this peace over it. And I'm grateful that he gave me my amazing husband. That's me. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny that you say that, though, because, like, I didn't, I planned on being single forever. So if you would have been, like, you know, and coming back to faith in God, if you would have been like, hey, I want you to stay single, I'd be like, bro, we got the same plan in mind. But thankfully, boy, was my plan wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we were talking about this in the in in the Jacks group like a few months ago when everybody was you know railing about the whole election stuff, and I was like, we have it so, like people. I see Christians on the internet talking about how persecuted we are uh, because you know they're they're taking down um, you know the Ten Commandments here and there, and they're 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 not allowing uh, God to be taught in schools. And listen, I. I am equally offended if you can't talk about Jesus, but you can teach about uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, um, mm-hmm. uh, Islam, but you can't teach about Christianity. Yeah. Then I'm going, okay, you're, it's not freedom of religion. It's it's then it, then it's funky. Um, it's like if you're going to let one be talked about, let all be talked about, mm-hmm. and then you know trust parents to make a well informed decision to guide their children. Um, but we don't. I don't think we know persecution in America. No, I, I don't. You know it. The way Christians act, we we act like we're martyrs. Like, oh my gosh, someone with a, a more liberal agenda is in power. Oh, the world is ending. These are the end times. Listen, they've been the end times ever since Jesus died. Yes. And the reality is, uh, this could be your end time right now. You, you watching this, uh, a piece of that Chinese rocket could come through your roof and you could be dead tomorrow and you meet Jesus. Uh, the end times, the like looking for signs and all these things uh, because we feel persecuted. I think we're pretty darn fortunate in the in the world we live in, right? Yeah. Like we have our Bible on our phone. We've mm-hmm. got eighty three different translations, so you could find one that makes you feel warm and fuzzy when you read it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that there is a thing that I've ever been called to yet by God um, that has been so challenging that I've been like, I don't know if I can do this to follow you. I think he's looked at me and gone, dude, I've made it so easy and you are such a knucklehead sometimes. (laughs) That's typically how it works. And I, so Bella, my now 13 year old, had to write an, an essay about two years ago on what it meant for her to be a patriot. What was, what was, and being an American to her. And so we were talking about it. 
And her and I had some real conversation over what, not only being a woman in America, because trust me, we still have issues, but it's nothing like other countries. Right. And she got to explore what being a woman in another country could be like. And then the benefit of being a Christian, the freedom that we have here compared to, say, in China where um, you don't get... Um, aid anymore yeah unless... if, if, if you know like if they come in your home that you have to take down any christian like and, and i don't know if it's the same for other religions too probably is but you have to take down any religious iconography mm-hmm. whatever and put up you know president she's stuff yeah mm-hmm. we have some freedom here we do and i think it's something we are quite pampered i believe i was talking to someone the other day and i was like we don't know what war on the soil is like not since the civil war nine uh, eleven was pretty nasty 3000 people in a day true but we don't know what it's like to daily. have yeah daily or to like have like what's going on in israel right exactly. now and palestine exactly. and the gaza strip having neighborhoods just bombed we don't know what that's like we're fortunate we are blessed and we have it really good, and I don't, I don't think at times we realize that. Yeah, you know, it really, it, it really resonates with me as we're talking about, you know, what, what would you have a hard time giving up to follow Jesus? When I think about um, this stuff, it's like we have freedom of religion. Just because somebody doesn't like that you're talking about Jesus on social media, you know, when somebody hates your perspective, your point of view, and they get upset and they get frustrated. That doesn't mean you don't have freedom of religion. That means they also have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. And if somebody dislikes like our point of view, that's their right. And I'm not going to hate you or be mad at you or be angry. I'm going to I'm going to hope that you get to know Jesus. I'm going to hope he changes you like he changed me cuz man, oh. Worth well, it. if you know me, you know. You know why I'm like, man, <laughs> oh. Because uh, you probably were like, no way, that's, that wasn't possible. Like, even Jesus couldn't fix that bonehead. Uh, yeah, I think we got it pretty darn good here. Yeah. And the fact that we have, like, a tool like this, the, the freedom to stream and talk about Christ and talk about what God has done in our lives, uh, when other countries the internet is blocked and censored and they can't do that. It's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. So what is true power, though? That's not a question that they asked, right? They talk about Nicodemus recognizing Jesus' power, but as we wrap up, our podcast, babe. Mm. What if if you were to say power is blank in a sentence? What would you say power is in one sentence? Like true power. The ability to humbly serve others well. Ooh, that's good. I would say to me, power is knowing that it's bigger than this life. That my God is bigger than this life. Mm-hmm. That's it. Show's over. No fancy ending. (laughs) Just kidding. You're about to see a fancy ending. Listen, thanks. If you liked this, if you tuned in, would you do us a favor? Go to youtube.com forward slash Jesus Way. Subscribe on YouTube.